Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. Folk, another year, what a privilege it is to be able to follow the Lord another year. I want to share with you just a, a few thoughts on, on living a life worthy of your calling in 2023. Uh, we all have these New Year's resolutions and, and we start them off and we're not too sure how far they go. But how do you live a life worthy of your Savior in 2023? couple of passages, or one passage from three different versions, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Uh, firstly, from the New International Version, Paul writes, and he says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. King James Version says it this way, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. And the message says it this way. In light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run. On the road, God called you to travel. I don't want you, want any of you to uh, sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. It's another year, 2023, and I don't know about your dreams and your aspirations for last year and how many of them came to pass, but uh, those goals that I had to lose weight, uh, I tried and it didn't work so well, and, and so I'm back to the same old position as you can see. We, we set up this promise to ourselves that it's another year, I'm going to be joining the gym this year. And so, <laughs> I have not yet, and it, <laughs> and it seems that I won't be. <laughs> so thanks for your uh, encouragement. <laughs> you know, we're all zealous, but as we remember some of the unmet hopes and dreams that we had last year, uh, we can be stuck in them and never move on. And, and so this first couple of weeks of 2023 of a new year is the designated time where we set these New Year's resolutions. Uh, and so statistics tell us that a lot of people will try and set New Year's resolutions, but because of their failings last year, they don't want to feel bad this year again, so they won't set New Year's resolutions. And uh, I can relate to that. Uh, there are others who actually uh, have set New Year's resolutions, and by the, first, the end of the first three months, 60% uh, of those resolutions have gone out the window. Uh, and by the end of the middle of the year, uh, there are very few who have kept them. And by the end of the year, only 10% of those New Year's resolutions have been kept. 
And so how do you and I, how do we make the most successful time of our lives and probably uh, the aspiration of, of living a life worthy of God uh, in our lives and, and doing something that will impact those we come into contact with? We know that we live in community and we need to be affecting those around us. And, and God has blessed us to be a blessing. God has filled us so we can overflow onto those we come into contact with. But how do we do it to the best of our ability without feeling terrible at the end of the year and even worse at the beginning of another year? And so when, when it comes to, to dealing with some of these, these issues, there are, are certain things that we need to, to try and understand. And I think uh, from a scriptural perspective, there are two words for life. Uh, the one is vios, which, which means kind of physical life, biological existence. Now, we all live, and the Scripture tells us about three score and ten. In other words, about 70 years. But there's another word, the word zoe, which means quality of life. Not just existing, but, but a, a life that is filled with fullness. That, that not even death can destroy how we're living this particular life. And so how do we go ahead and, and live that life? And I think it's through this, this transformation of our existence here on earth. And so Paul writes to us in Ephesians 4.1 and he says, lead a life worthy of your calling. Lead a life worthy of your calling. In fact, he, he actually says, I beseech you. And that word beseech he, he actually comes and he begs us. And he calls us to take note and calls us to pay attention to what he's about to say. And, and the first thing he says is that we are to be in Christ. Those two little letters in are huge in Pauline theology. And he says we are to live a life in Christ. In other words, the way we live our lives should actually have evidence that we are followers of Christ. And so don't say it, say it, say it, but show it. And that's what it means to be in Christ. Before we were ex-Christ, E-X, outside of, like exit, out. We were outside of Christ. Now he says that we are in Christ. There is a life that we are to live. And he's calling us, you and me, to attention to, to live a life that's pleasing to God. And he says that we are to live a life that is worthy. That Greek word axios, uh, I'm not sure if you get the English word axel from there, but he's saying live a life worthy, a life that is suitably worthy to your calling. In other words, if you are not a follower of Christ, there's a certain way you can live. But now that you're a follower of Christ, you live a life that is axios, worthy of the calling that he has placed on your life. And it's a calling. It is a calling. Uh, because, uh, you know, he, he has called you and he's called me by name. And he has graced us. He's given us gifts. He's given us talents. And Paul is saying, live a life that is congruent with your calling. And as we sit here this morning, the start of another year, how do we do that? How do we live this life that is worthy? Because, you know, it could just be another calendar year. 
but then we're not really living a life worthy of our calling. It could be uh, some, a few changes that we might need to make, but will it be a life worthy of the calling that he has called us to? A life worthy of our calling. And, and so uh, instead of saying, well, this year I'm going to, you know, last year I spoke about joining the gym. This year I'm going to join the gym. And as I actually join the gym, I realize I'm actually wasting more money because I'm not going. And so that New Year's resolution goes out the window. And as I try and set a New Year's resolution, it could be that time of the year, or I can actually follow what, what Paul suggests to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, where he says, if anyone is in Christ, the old is gone, the new has come. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. And that word new there has got to do uh, with fresh, uh, something that is um, unborn, if you like, something that is a desire that God has put within that will change our existence. And he says that we are a new creation. And that word creation has got to do with this, this building that we build from the foundation. And we know that Christ is our foundation because he talks about those who are in Christ. We begin to build on that. And, and the question uh, I need to ask myself is, when I reevaluate my life at the beginning or at the end of last year and the beginning of this year, how do I live a life worthy of that calling? There have been some people in my life who have been a problem. Do I hold on to them or do I let go of them? Uh, how do I live a life uh, being part of the community where I can impact people's lives and they can impact my life? Uh, how can I uh, let go of some of these old unbelieving things uh, that have dragged me down and actually hold on to things that will build me up because I'm in Christ and that building needs to grow for His honor and for His glory? And so it's not about setting New Year's resolutions, which don't last for me, and I'm suggesting for you as well, statistically. But how do I change who I am as a follower of Christ? Uh, not just by existing, but living a life that's pleasing to God. How do I function in the community here at Lakeside and even uh, in my family and even in my vocation and even uh, to those I come into contact with, how do I live a life worthy of the calling that is placed on each and every one of us? Can I just stop there for a couple of seconds? But the word grace, and you've heard me say this before, the word grace in Greek, chari or charis, is the same root word for gifts of the Holy Spirit, the charismata. So every single one of us sitting here this morning, have a grace. We've been graced. And that grace comes with gifts. And we are to live out our calling, those, that grace that's been given to us, to the glory of God. So to build up the church, to make the name of Jesus famous. And so how do we do that? Because you say to me, thank you so much. You know, we all know that that's what we need to do. 
How do we do that? Well, let me suggest a couple of things. Number one, what do we need? What do we need? And that's a question I need to ask myself because, um, shockingly, Jesus in Luke chapter 18, verse 22, um, said this, and I quote, when Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing, sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, then come and follow me. You got scary stuff. That, that is, that's hectic, Jesus. How you, you want me to sell everything and to come and follow you. And I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. In that particular rich man's life, that was what he was holding on to. But it was not benefiting him. It was not allowing him to, to glorify God in what he had. That was becoming a stumbling block. And so what, what Jesus was saying to him, you need to purge yourself of those things that are becoming stumbling blocks in your life. And the word purge, to purify, so the best comes out. To hold on to that which is good and to get rid of that which is bad. <coughs> and so Jesus' lesson uh, for you and for me is to, to kind of get rid of some of the things that uh, are standing in our way. Because we know that in Matthew 6, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto us. And so what does it mean to seek? Well, that word seek, ziteo, is uh, seek in order to find. Seek in order to find. Not have a boy's look. You know, I, I won't quote myself, but, and so I'll quote my son. Mom, where are my shorts? Uh, where they are always. Uh, but mom, I can't find them. Well, have you looked in order to find? Have a look again. Oh, mom, I got them. Now, I know some boys, you know. But hey, when it comes to seeking God's plan and purpose for our lives, seeking His kingdom first and His righteousness, it's seeking in order to find. Not going off on our own tangent and go, I'll sort God's issues out later. No, it's putting priority in place so that it transforms me in such a way that I'm able to put Jesus Christ first. And what does that mean? Well, only you know what that means. And only I know what that means because there are certain things that I need to free myself of so I can put Him first. That's what I need. I want to read you a little story called changing direction because this has got to do with with falling apart it's okay there we go that's fine thanks yeah it's all good all good thank you the story There was a story going around about Special Olympics. For the 100-yard dash, there were nine contestants, all of them so-called physically or mentally disabled. All nine of them assembled at the starting line. At the sound of the gun, they took off. But one little boy didn't get very far. He stumbled and fell and hurt his knee and began to cry. Thanks, Ben. The other eight children heard the boy crying. They slowed down, turned around, 
and ran back to him. Every one of them ran back to him. Every one of these kids that were on this race to come first turned around because this one little boy was crying. The little boy got up and he and the rest of the runners linked their arms together and joyfully walked to the finish line. They all finished the race at the same time. And when they did, everyone in the stadium stood up and clapped and whistled and cheered for a long, long time. And you know why? Because deep down, we know that what matters in this life is more than winning for ourselves. What really matters in, is helping others win too, even if it means slowing down and changing our course now and then. And why do I tell you that story? Because what we need is perhaps and I'm generalizing it, to get rid of our Western mentality of me, myself, and I, and say, I need to be part of a community because God has blessed me to be a blessing. You see, the reason for the filling is the overflow. The reason God has graced you and graced me is so we can use our spiritual gifts to help those we come into contact with. And so the challenge is... What is in my way that is an obstacle that is stopping me from adding value to those I come into contact with? Because if that is an obstacle, then I, that needs to go. There are certain things we need to, to actually give up and stop behaving the way we behave so we can give God the glory in what we do. And that's what we need. I don't know about you, but, but we often say, well, you know what, I first need to do this, this, and the next thing, and then I'll go to church, and then I'll start serving the Lord, and then I'll put my hand up to, to do something. Folk, delay is decay. Let me say that again. Delay is decay. The quicker we put those things aside, the quicker we're able to say, God, I want to serve you with what I have, with what you've graced me, and I want to give you honor and glory. You see, to serve God is not at my convenience, but it should be a priority. It should be a priority. And, and it's, it's not good enough to give God my second best and want the world to change. Each one to his own, well, that's not really a Christian principle. You know, it's how do I add value to those I come into contact with? To that little boy that's crying, it might mean that I need to sacrifice first place. Now, I'm not saying we need to be losers, capital L. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, how am I looking at the world, and how can I add value to those I come into contact with? Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. So where is my treasure? Where is your treasure? Because don't miss out on another year of living life uh, kind of second best for God, because you will feel exactly the same this or last this next year as you do now, because we, we actually dropped the ball. But He wants us uh, to get rid of some things and and to put into place what we need, and then uh, something to forget, something to forget. What do we need to forget? And easier said than done, but Paul writes here, Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, 
But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Uh, the word toward there uh, means I, I stretch forward. I stretch forward. Have you seen athletes that are running the race and there's a few of them in line? When it comes to the finish line, they stretch forward. And that's the picture behind this. Listen, are we stretching forward to actually accomplish? Because it's going toward something in the right direction. And Paul says, toward, uh, that word toward, stretching forward, toward in front, that which is in sight. And so it's important to set goals so we can stretch forward, so we can accomplish those goals. I wonder what goals we're setting this year. I wonder what, what values we want to increase with reference to, to spiritual matters. You see, when we remember some of the things that happened in 2022, they can actually jeopardize our growth. Oh man, it was a tough year. Oh man, I wish this and I wish that. Um, Folk, as you know, I grew up in South Africa, and those uh, who, who grew up in, in Zimbabwe, when they came to South Africa, we used to call them Wenwees. And, and I find myself in exactly the same position now, where I often say, when we were in South Africa, when we did this, you're no longer there. You're no longer in 2022. No more when we. You're now in 2023. It's uh, the second week of 2023, and no more when we's. Living in the reality now. And so as I uh, look forward to what God has for, for me this year, I can't be, uh, well, if only this. David Siemens writes this amazing book. It's called If Only. And he, he talks about all the different ailments we come up with and say, if only I better had a better upbringing. If only I went to a better school. If only my parents had money. If only, if only, if only, if only. And we can get bogged down on that. And I think we need to not totally ignore that. We need to deal with that, absolutely. But there are some things we need to forget because if we don't, then we are never going to go forward. We are never going to make progress. And we're never going to see the vision that God has planned for you and for me in 2023. Then we'll live a life that is not worthy of what God has called us to. It'll just be same old, same old. And we won't be refreshed. We won't be happy. We won't be uh, strong. We won't be doing what God's called us to because He has great plans for you and for me in 2023. Philippians 3.8, Paul writes, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. You know, he, he talks about two words for knowing. The one is just gnosis, knowledge. But the other one is epignosis, knowing Jesus Christ intimately. Knowing Jesus Christ intimately. And so to, to know him, or not, or the difference between knowing about him and knowing him intimately. You see, that's the difference here. So there's some things that we, we need to forget from the past because they might hamper our growth for the future. And he talks about the surpassing greatness. 
something that stands out, that the, the knowledge of knowing him, it stands out for me. And, and, and Paul would have probably struggled with that because there were issues in the past for him as well. And, and how does he overcome those so he can get to know Jesus Christ and know him intimately? He was bad news before he, he, he became in Christ. He, I mean, we know his history. He persecuted people. He did such bad things. But how does he move on from those things? How does he leave those things in the past? Well, to look forward. And he says, you know, uh, I, everything is loss and rubbish for me. But for, for knowing uh, and expecting Jesus Christ to be full in my life. And I pray that you and I will not just set New Year's resolutions, but that we will make a difference in our community, in our families, and even beyond the borders of this location uh, and wherever we come into contact with, and even to the ends of the earth. And so it's another year. I pray that we'll live a life worthy of our calling. That grace that God has given you, that gift that God has given you, live it out. Because what you share, you keep. But what you keep for yourself, you actually lose. What you share, that grace, you keep. But what you keep for yourself, you actually lose. And so share what God has called you. So you can live a life that's worthy of the gospel. Certain things we need to put Christ first. And certain things we need to forget that's history. That's past. But let's look forward to what God has for us. Let me end off by reading a story about a saint. There's a picture of a boat in a submarine there. And the boat's purpose is fulfilled when it is in the water. But its function and, is, and usefulness deteriorates when water gets into the boat. Make sense? So too for saints, you and I, those who follow Christ, when too much of the world gets into them, saints must keep their vessels in the water of this world, but not let the water of the world get into their vessel. We are to be like boats in the water, for that is our design. But when water, the world, gets into the boat, that is disaster. The truth is further illustrated by a submarine, which is fully functional in water, but is ruined if water gets in the cabin. A submarine on the ground or out of the water is useless and is hardly able to accomplish its mission. When it is in the water, it must be insulated from the water. If the water ever gets into the submarine, then there is cause to sound the alarm. Believers are to be insulated from the world, like Daniel in the midst of the idol-infested Babylon, but not isolated from the world. Are you in the holy huddle, or are you actively pursuing your calling to be salt and light to those who are dead in their trespasses and sins, and need to be thrown the life-preserving gospel, which may grab or may refuse and drown forever in the eternal abyss? We cannot save them, but we can certainly throw them a gospel life preserver. How are you doing, dear submarine saint? And so God has placed you somewhere. He has placed me somewhere. And how are we dealing 
with where He has placed us. Because I hope at the end of this year we'll be able to say, I lived a life worthy of the calling that God placed on me. I'm going to ask us to all stand uh, as we read a prayer together. And as, as we read this prayer together, maybe the band can come forward at the time. And um, I'll lead us in this prayer, and, and perhaps we can um, pray this prayer together just uh, as a sign of our unity, but also asking or perhaps begging God uh, to come and deal with us and help us this year. Let's uh, pray together. We each have our hopes and expectations for the year that is ahead of us, but you alone know what it holds for us, and only you can give us the strength and the wisdom to, we'll need to meet its challenges. So help us to humbly put our hands into your hand to trust you, to seek your will for our lives during this coming year. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen.